Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. (laughs) Um, Hi, Darla. Hi. Happy 2022. Wow, that sounds really weird. Have you written the wrong year yet? No, I haven't written or said it. Oh, you haven't said it? I don't think I've had to say 2022 yet. There you go. There I go. Weird. I've seen people write it where they write like, how do they do it? Like 22. Like they wrote the word 20 and then a number two. Why? I don't fucking know, but I just saw that. Did people do that for 21? (laughs) No. 20... 2021 who writes it out 20 you just write no they wrote i don't know when never mind i don't know what i saw i saw something that was really odd and i saw it more than once hey darla yeah cool story bro (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to radio face stories hi guys we didn't ghost you we just uh had a holiday break a a holiday of elongated elongated (laughs) holiday break Um, so it's an it's a new year and New year, new no, me. No, not, not a new me. Is it a new you? No. You, no, I don't do that. No, it's an older, more bitter me. Yeah, I'm a bitchier me. Yeah, I feel like I'm really coming into, like, middle-aged womanhood. Okay. And I just fucking don't care. Okay, that's good. And I just hate how stupid people are. People are bad. Yeah, people are really dumb. And I. it's only, like, is it mid, are we even in mid-January yet? The 10th. It's only 10 days in, and I've definitely met a mitt full of idiots. A mitt full? <laughs> Just a little mitt full. Do you have a story of some idiots? I can't say these stories because, no, I'm just going to... Do gonna, they involve the people that you work with? No, not necessarily, but it's enough that I, I can't say it right now. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll just... It's too many of you, guys. Stop being idiots. We just know. We'll just know. You, just, you can know without knowing. Yeah. Yeah? We'll just agree to agree. Okay. Um, the world's a shithole, and I think everyone, the world <laughs> might be on, on fire, uh, yeah. and it's going downhill fast. But that's why we're going to keep... Salut. That's why we're going to keep you guys laughing and wondering. My story's not funny today. <laughs> Speaking of laughing, it's... Uh, well, I don't think there's... Any of them are supposed tra- to be. tragic. Uh, yeah. I have a game, though. Okay. On play? Yeah. Okay. It's... Okay. You have to make up a name of a movie that doesn't exist. Okay. Go. The Land Before the Flowers. <laughs> okay. Another one. I want two more. An Abundant Club. <laughs> What's that about? Is that a chemistry movie? <laughs> it's about a blob that continuously grows and takes over the town. Okay, your turn. One more. One more? Did you three? Uneven Steven. <laughs> the tale of tragic eyebrows. 
I like that. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Good old TikTok. Oh. Gives me all the ideas. I'm a better parent. I'm a better human because of TikTok. You think so? No. Okay, good. No, I don't, not at I all. I don't actually think that. No. Okay, what are your movie titles? Uh, okay, three quick ones. <laughs> Hopscotch. <laughs> <laughs> the tale of the dog that always jumped. Uh, um, blanket worm. That's not a foot. <laughs> Shit. Uh, rattly handles. <laughs> I don't know. I like books, but oh, I guess books are movies. Bradley handles. Oh, I could. I just saw the handle. I get. <laughs> I don't know what that one's about. You'll have to just watch it. What was the foot one? Uh, blanket worms. That's blanket not, worms. That's, that's not, not, your... not a foot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of feet. Oh fuck yeah! I broke my toe. I broke my toe in an epic Nerf battle, which obviously then I lost. Can I? I want to show you the fucking X-ray of this guy. Does foots make you squirmish? No. Dude, that's literally like a 90 degree break. It was a full snap. I thought it was dislocated based on my medical degree. And when I looked at the toe, I was like, oh, that's just a simple dislocation. Uh, and then I got there and they x-rayed it. Because I thought, Pat's like, I'll just pop it back in. And I was like, no, don't no. touch me. And we got there, I, it was x-rayed. And the, and, uh, the guy took the x-ray and was like, that's a good break. And he's like, look at that. He ca- I got to go hobble over and look at the picture. Whoa. And I was like, yeah, that's clean a clean snap. Break. It's a clean snap. Which is your, was your toe like at that angle? It was, yeah, I'll show you. Hold on. Dude. That's weird, right? gnarled. It was, it was weird. Is that outside in the snow? Uh, yeah, I couldn't put a shoe on and I had to hobble out. It's like the day it snowed like 14 feet. And then they put a needle in it to freeze it. That hurt more than anything. Putting in the needle in. And then they reset it. And they have to like break it again. No, it was. They didn't have to break it again. They just had to like pull it into place, and that hurt a lot. And then, X-ray again, and then she's like, "I can do better." And so then they had to do that again, reset it again. That hurt, and they taped it up, and on I went. I'm glad that you're okay. Yeah, that was. And I mean, I it's live. an experience I didn't need to have. Well, like I appreciate my feet, and my legs, and my walking, so I didn't need that reminder. But no, I had it. Do you have any, like, fun tales of the holidays? No. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) It's so uplifting. Inspirational. Yeah. Oh, guys, uh, for the new season and the new year, we are going to open up our stories to all of Canada. Uh, just to help with uh, the variety of stories coming in and uh, keeping it exciting for all of us. And feel free to send us any stories um, our way that you haven't heard and you'd like us to cover. We're very methodical and professional, so we would do it justice. Yes, we would. That is all. Thank you, Darla. Thank you. You're welcome. That was great. That was a great speech. Great. Great. Super great. (laughs) Okay, rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Oh my Lanta. Kezia finally okay. won. We po- we tied like seven times. Seven, actually. Fucking seven. Raise up first. Here goes my story. Do it. Okay, this is um this is the murder of Rena Virk. Oh I I'm aware of this story, but I'm okay. super down for this. Alright. Okay, cool. Rena was from Saanich, BC, which is close to Victoria. 
Her father was an immigrant from India, and her mother was an Indo-Canadian, which means she was born in Canada, but her family was from India. And they were also Jehovah's Witnesses. So their family was described as a minority within a minority. Wow. Um, as they were Jehovah's Witnesses in their predominantly Sikh community. So I wonder how that took place. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Rena was described as desperately wanting acceptance from her peers. She was bullied. She had been teased and excluded by a group of girls who were influenced by L.A. street gangs. They just, like, took on this persona. That's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> These, like, little gangster girls. She then began to rebel because, because of this, being bullied and whatnot, and she started smoking cigarettes and weed. She was said to feel restricted by her religion, so in 1996, she wanted she didn't want to live with her parents anymore, so she falsely reported her father for sexually molesting her in hopes of being taken out of the home and put into foster care where she could have more freedom. That's such a bad fucking plan. On right? All, yeah, that's awful. Okay. So this did result in her moving from her home into the care of the, the state for several months. I think she ended up living with her grandparents for a while and she was in different foster homes and then she dropped the charges and moved back home on the evening of november 14th 1997 rena was invited to a party by her so-called friends near the craig flower bridge there was a lot of drinking and smoking going on at this party and there was a group of girls the the la street gang influence group they're called the shoreline six a badass name right (laughs) one of them allegedly put out a cigarette on rena's forehead and people were just standing around watching this happen one of the girls kelly ellard punched her when she cried out and soon all of the girls and one boy warren warren glowatsky all joined in the fight so they basically just started beating her up for no reason they invite her to this party, and then they circle around her and start beating beating her up. Most of the other kids ran away, at, while others watched, horrified, as these savage teens kicked and punched her as she laid there in the mud, begging for them to stop. The crowd disappeared, and the shoreline kids saw her bleeding and crying in the mud, and no one offered to help her. The first beating ended after one of the girls told the others to stop. So eventually she staggered off, and she was then followed by Kelly and Warren. They dragged her to the other side of the bridge, made her remove her shoes and jacket, and then beat her again. The fuck? Yeah. I'm really out of breath. Are you okay? Yeah, I just feel like I'm out of shape. Like, it's this is hard telling the story. <laughs> You're exerting yourself. I'm exerting myself a lot. It's good. <clears throat> okay. So Kelly Ellard later denied holding Rena's head underwater, but apparently she had stepped on her head while smoking a cigarette, but she admitted to rolling her beaten and unconscious body into the water. She died from drowning. 
Got so fucked up. I'm sorry. That's okay. Eight days later, her body was found in the river by police divers. So during those eight days, there was rumors spreading through the, through the school. And this was before there was social media. So nothing was, you know, liked or shared or tracked. And apparently these group of teens had made a pact to not rat on each other. Right. And they w- were telling each other to keep it on keep it on the down low. You remember saying that? I think we used to say that. I think I said that today. Keep it on the down low. <laughs> um, her parents, the teachers, and the police had no clue this was going on. And no one was coming forward. Several uninvolved students and teachers heard the rumors. And then they started to talk about them to the teachers and parents. And eventually they were confirmed. On November 22, 1997, the police used a helicopter to find Rena's partially clothed body washed ashore at the Gorge Inlet, a major waterway. Rena was only 14 when she was killed. She had sustained significant head injuries that were severe enough to kill her even if she had if she hadn't drowned. Like I don't even understand. Like this they just didn't like it's so hard for me to think about. Mm-hmm. I think cuz I have a 12-year-old and I have a niece that's 14 and one that's 13 and like they're just little kids yeah Ugh. for someone to just not like your kids enough so much. to take their life yeah. in this way like at all uh, it's so brutal I just make, yeah i don't think you would ever you would never get over that nope the six girls involved they were named um right away their names only came out like many years later nicole cook missy grace never name your kid missy yeah <laughs> I've only known sketchy missies. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Don't do it then. Don't do it. Nicole Cook. That sounds like a like a pretty common, like shitty girl name. <laughs> <laughs> Missy Grace Plyke. Nicole Patterson. Courtney Keith. Ugh. Gail Ooms. <laughs> and Kelly Ellard. Kelly. Warren Paul Glowatsky. He was involved in the murder. He had kicked Rena twice in the head and helped Kelly drag her body into the water. He was convicted of second-degree murder in June 1999 and given a life sentence because he was 16 at the time. He was eligible for parole after serving seven years. That's it? Yep. On November 2004, he was denied his first chance at day parole. The Verks, Rena's parents, they didn't contest the parole, and he had expressed a lot of remorse and taken responsibility for what he had done, and I think they actually took pity to him. They, I think even when he got out, or during one of the court trials, I think I read somewhere that they, he like hugged them. Takes a big person to accept that. Though, yeah. Like, as from the parents, I mean. Like, yeah. I don't know. Noble. I don't know if I'm a big enough person to forgive someone doing that to my child. Yeah. Well, I think the difference between him and Kelly was that, you know, he he admitted that he had fucked up and he was taking responsibility mm-hmm. um, and, you know, trying to be a better person. But that was not the case for her. What the hell's her deal? She is a straight psycho bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, so in July 2006, he was granted uncontested temporary absence from jail and then he was released on full parole in june of 2010 kelly marie ellard changed her name to carrie marie sim 
She stood trial three times for the murder and was convicted twice. She was convicted in 2000 of second-degree murder. In February 2003, this conviction was overturned and a new trial was ordered, which resulted in a mistrial. And then a third trial was ordered, and she was convicted again of second-degree murder in April of 2005 and given an automatic life sentence with no parole eligibility Perfect. For seven years. Oh. So, while she was in prison, she had a baby. I'm sorry, how does that work? Um, I guess there was, like, visitation allowed with the male prisoners. What the fuck? What kind <laughs> of back-ass fuckery is that? I don't know. There was there was definitely interactions between Ew. the prisoners. Um, okay. So she had her baby, and then she was allowed to be with her baby, and she was in this special area of the prison. This is horse shit. She shouldn't get any of this. No, she shouldn't. There was a book written about this murder called Under the Bridge by Rebecca Godfrey, and it goes into a lot of details of some of the possible motives that may have led to Rena's death. Um, One of them being that Rena had allegedly stole a phone book from Nicole Cook and started calling her friends and spreading rumors about her. One of the other girls was angry about that, um, that Rena stole her boyfriend and boyfriends of other girls and that she was talking to their boyfriends and this was motive. But apparently this murder was planned a few days before it actually happened, so... Like, they straight up planned to murder her, not just fight her. No. They had planned to kill her. Wow. Yeah. Tragic. So premeditated murder, and they still can get parole after seven years? I guess because they're kids. Um, I believe that Kelly's still in prison. Good. And I I don't know. She might may have had two kids. I need to check that. Ugh. Um, which is super weird. I don't see how that that should be allowed. Why? Why did? Why? And who? And then we have to like taxpayers pay to look after those babies in the prison system. Like yeah. who looks after? Like what the fuck? Well, that baby's doomed for failure right out the gate. Oh, probably. That's that's messed up. Yeah. Okay. Proceed. But I guess I guess it's just they want the baby to be with the mother, and in most cases, even with um, like foster kids, right? Yeah, but you've lost, you've made choices that now you're in prison. You yeah. shouldn't be able just to have a bunch of kids. No. Like, I don't understand that. Yep. So that's, um, that's the story of the murder of Rena Bird. That's tragic. Very, very tragic. So I got my information from Wikipedia. Murderpedia in a podcast called Canadian True Crime, Episode 6. The murder of Rena Bird. And that's that. <laughs> Thanks, bud. (laughs) Pee break. Pee break. This episode is sponsored by Bees Island Resort. (laughs) Go to Bees Island Resort for the best vacation ever. It's family friendly. And there's free dolphins. If you go there and use the code Tommy in it, you get a free dolphin. Bye! The arsonist had on We should. Oh, whoa. Oh, wow. We, I don't need this. Can, we should um come up with our own warm up like mouth thing. 
like an anchorman when he's like the arsonist has Ache feet but like we should say our own thing a b c d no, no, no. e f you and your mom and your sister and your dog and your broke ass car did you make that no up? that's a song okay i'm talking about something that we should make up okay like chum drum bedroom no oh yeah Chum drum bedroom, brush your teeth. Itch between your toes and clench your cheeks. <laughs> your butt cheeks. <laughs> there we go. Done. You remember that? Yep. Okay. Chum drum bedroom, brush your teeth. Then what did I say? Itch between, between your... your itch between your toes and uh. clench your butt cheeks. Clench your cheeks. Your butt cheeks. Okay. Okay. It's my turn. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, super large trigger warning for my story. Uh, it does involve uh, murder of a child and cannibalism and every, anything bad you can think of. So if that's not your thing, no judgment, but tap out now. Uh, but for the rest of you weirdos, uh, here we go. Let's go. This is the story of the Canadian cannibal mom. On October 31st, 2002... Scott May took his daughter, two-year-old Kyla Own, trick-or-treating. Little did he know it would be the last time he would see his daughter. Mm-mm. The next day, Kyla's mom, 26-year-old Sandra McCulloch Laureen Own, known as Laureen, slit her two-year-old daughter's throat in the bathtub and proceeded to dismember the child, chopping her body parts up and adding them with other ingredients and made soup. Oh my god, we're just right into it. That's it. She made some soup. Question. Where does this take place? Uh, Nanaimo. Seriously? Yep. Okay. Yep. Sorry, I missed, I didn't even say it's in here. This is a very local story, which was, what surprised me about this is, this is 2002, so that's the year we gratted. I don't remember this at all. Was this like a big story? I mean, there wasn't a lot of news articles about it, but. Wozers. I'm sure it was out there at the time. All right. Yeah, so she chopped up the body parts and then with other ingredients made Kyla's remains into a soup, which she then ate. A document that was released said um, that after killing and dismembering Kyla, Laureen boiled her body parts and put them in the freezer. She would then, from time to time, take the parts out and use them as she prepared meals for herself. What? The actual? So they were separated? Her and the, her husband? Yeah. Okay. It was just a boyfriend. Um, they were not together. They'd oh. been separated for like, a lot. Uh, like, I don't think they were ever really together. Oh, okay. Kind of a thing. Kyla's head was not consumed, but the mother kept it in her bedroom. She did, however, cook and eat her heart because she felt that that was where her child's spirit was. On December 16th, after not seeing Kyla for six weeks, Scott, which is the father, mm-hmm. reported his daughter missing. He told social workers at the time that Lorene was an unstable mother and that she had claimed that Kyla had three different fathers who kept changing bodies. So, I mean, there's a lot of red flags before. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lorene insisted initially that she had left Kyla with her current boyfriend's mother, who was babysitting her. That mother was then, or that grandma, I guess, was cleared by police, and Lorene was ordered, Lorene was ordered to appear in family court by the Ministry of Child and Family Development. And she was asked if Kyla was still alive at that point, and she firmly answered yes. She was then taken into custody for her own protection under the Mental Health Act, and later that day she confessed to killing Kyla. She claimed that she killed her to end Kyla's pain of everyday life and ate her remains so that she could have Kyla with her forever. She also stated that 
she thought people would break into their apartment and rape her and her daughter. What? This is um, from one of the reports during the court cases. So Miss Owen stated that because of her belief that people were coming up through the trap door to rape her, she had a knife in a basket by the door. She stated that she took this knife and walked Kyla towards the bathroom. She describes being drawn there. She stated that in the bathroom, she took off her and Kyla's clothes because she wanted to be physically closer to Kyla, and she didn't want to get their clothes messy. She stated that she had turned Kyla's back to her because I wanted her to feel secure. She stated that she held Kyla between her legs and then hesitated a bit because she didn't want to cause her physical pain. She stated then that she was concerned that she might not be effective in cutting Kyla's throat and that this would cause Kyla undue pain. She stated that her motivation at the time was to kill Kyla to end her pain. Wow. How old was Kyla? Kyla was two. Laureen was charged with second-degree murder, but was found not criminally responsible by reason of mental illness by the Supreme Court of British Columbia. Court documents show that Laureen was described as somewhat socially isolated, financially and otherwise stressed, disorganized as a single parent, and having general coping difficulties. She had reported that she was the victim of past childhood abuse at around age eight, and had a history of depression and experienced episodic psychotic phenomena and memory problems since the age of 13, and she had been reported to being hearing voices since she was 12. She never received consistent or ongoing diagnosis or treatment prior to the killing. So this is um, from the court documents, a conversation that Lorraine had with the doctor at Nanaimo Regional General Hospital when she was admitted there uh, during all of this. Mm-hmm. Miss Owen described herself to Dr. Rendhawa as a warrior and stated that she'd been abused in the past by two different perpetrators and claimed that she had never disclosed this abuse to anybody in the past. She acknowledged that she had seen shadows in the dark, which had begun when she was approximately age 13. She felt that these shadows were the spirit visitations, and she had perceived spirits inside her and outside her. She felt that she received messages from these spirits and that she had been experiencing this at a greater intensity following the birth of her daughter. She appeared bewildered throughout the interview with Dr. Rendhawa, and her effect appeared blunted and downcast. She appeared distracted and appeared to be responding to auditory hallucinations. At times, she was tangential in her thinking, and of concern was her ongoing suicidal ideation. Dr. Rendhawa's differential diagnosis included psychosis, uh, bipolar mood disorder, and schizoaffective disorder. Way over my head. Right? (laughs) Basically, she cray... Yeah, family members during the investigation were asked why they never suspected that Lorene was insane. They responded by saying, that's Lorene. <laughs> she was held at a psychiatric hospital for 45 days to allow for a provincial review board to decide how and where she will receive treatment. Uh, that's the last update I can find of her, which is like 2003. So she was at a forensic psychiatric hospital in Port Coquitlam. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened after that. Oh, really? I searched and searched, and I can't find if she's still there. Is she somewhere else? Is she out in the community? Wow. No idea. <coughs> Where did I, you find the story? Uh, it how, just, or how did you find it? It just came up on, actually, I think I found it on Reddit, mm. like looking for leads, right? I read somewhere, like, with treatment and medicine, she's actually quite good, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. okay. And so I think the plan was to put her... To, to rehabilitate her and get her back out into the world. Wow. So maybe she's she your could, next door she neighbor. She could be your neighbor. <laughs> she she's not be. my neighbor. I know my neighbors. Well, maybe they changed their name. Let's see. She was 20. She's 10 years older than us. 
Not quite. Not quite any of your neighbors? No, they're no. They're either like my age or way older. My neighbor is deaf. Bro. My neighbor just had a baby. She's possibly 10 years older than me. I'm going to keep an eye on her. Don't ever accept soup from her. No. She's like over... You know when people are like really nice, but like you feel like something's up? Mm. Mm-hmm. I get that vibe from her. That's my biggest complaint about people in general for myself is I can't... I just need you to be genuine. I don't like if there's things happening behind, like in between the lines. I don't... I can't... Like if you're being too fake much. nice? Yeah, I can't like do it. Like you'd rather man. just them be a bit. Yep. Yeah. I would if that's what you, how you are. Yeah. Go for it. And it's at true. least I know what to expect and I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But don't be like... Don't I almost made it without hitting that. Nice. Don't wish be wishy washy. Just yeah. be who you gotta be. Yeah. Be who you gotta be and just get out. Stop it already. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your shit. Nobody cares face. about any of your shit. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, we care. We're always here. We're we always, always listening. Listening, learning, loving. Loving. Light living. Live, love, laugh, guys. Live, love, laugh. Too, you want to know a too, really funny, embarrassing too story? Too blessed to be stressed. Yes. Um, I have live, love, laugh. No. What? Tattooed. Where? On my body. Fuck off. In Thai. What? Yeah. Before it became a joke. Shit, because it's a bad joke now. It was 12 years ago. Is it your tramp stamp? Do you have a tramp stamp? It's not a tramp stamp. Thank God. It's on my side. I will show you. Show me. Show me now. <clears throat> Can I take a picture of it? Yeah. Oh, but at least it's in a different language. I know. It looks fucking cool. You could tell us that means anything. Live, love, laugh. No. <laughs> Li- no. no, live, love, life. That's what okay, it is. Okay, well, that's a little bit better. Is it okay? Excuse us. Hold on. Really cool bra strap mark. Oh, yeah. And now I've put this out into the world. You guys all know one of my most embarrassing tattoos. <laughs> I did not know you had that. Uh, I, yeah. I feel like we just got closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Kezia. So I got Some it time. done with, um, what do they call it? Those bamboo? Bamboo tattoos? I have no even So know they basically just like <gasps> hammer like a little piece of bamboo, like with a pointy end, like. It's basically like a stick and poke. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did that hurt? Well, I got... Were you shittered? So stoned (laughs) with the tattoo artist, who was a Thai guy, in this tiny little parlor off the side of one of the streets. And I kept... I walked by there every day for, like, months. And I was like, that place looks cool. So I went in there. I was like, this is what I want. And then we got super baked. And I laid there and... What if he, like, was so high he wrote, like, live, laugh, weed? I, live, I mean, love, I weed. don't know that it actually says that, so. If it's just, like, kiss I need, my maybe ass. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ding, duck, dong. I'm so high. <laughs> <laughs> I am s- a stupid Canadian. Yeah. Or something. Maybe. I should get it read by someone who would know. For sure. We'll put it out there in the universe and I'll see what they say. Yeah, you can you can chuck it on the gram there. All right, see it's going on the gram. That's, that's, Guys, I was going to say don't tell anybody, but everybody knows. Tell that. everybody. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> and if you speak Thai or you know Thai, you can write Thai, you can read Thai, tell me what that says and please tell me it doesn't say live, love, life. I want to know what it really says. <laughs> All right, should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Thanks for being here, bud. Thank you. All right. I missed you. Yeah. 
See you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Three, two.